morning, Gold Creek. It is September 13th, and we are on day 256. I got Wendy here with me. Hello. She goes to the Woodenville campus with me. Tell me, Wendy, a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm um, married for almost 30 years. I've got um, three children, um, one in North Carolina, one in Oklahoma, and one in Washington. I don't know how you do that. It's not easy. Lots I of frequent bet. flyer miles. I bet. Yeah. I, mm, I don't know how you do that. Um, you started attending Woodenville campus around March 2015? We did. Um, a guy that my husband worked with actually attended the Mill Creek campus, and his son was in a worship band. Um, for all seasons. So they were playing here and he invited us to see him. And so at the time we were new to Washington and looking for a church. So we came and as much as we loved it, it was a hike for us. So yeah. we um, saw on the back of the pamphlet that it um, they had a Woodenville campus oh, over at Brightwater. Nice. So we said, hey, let's go to church in a sewage treatment plant. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Super fun. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And it was closer for you. It was closer. It's about a 20 minute drive, but nice. we live out in East Woodenville. So everything's a 20 minute drive for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, it's interesting how to get to your house. <laughs> yeah. It's like down a bridge almost. <laughs> it's great. Crazy. Um, and so you um, st also just recently helped us start Kids of the Creek at Woodenville. I did. I was part of the inaugural team to um, get that up and running. Wow. So um, what a feat. Yeah, it is. It's it's really interesting, you know, from being there from the beginning to seeing the church to the preschool, mm -hmm. you know, it's such an honor to be a part of all that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of overwhelming, but um, it was definitely an interesting, challenging year. Mm -hmm. um, 2020, open a preschool in 2020. Yeah. Sure. So um, just from staffing to everything, not mm -hmm. knowing what was going on. And then um, I was in the three and four year old classroom. And so these were basically our pandemic toddlers. Wow. You know, they hadn't been out of the house much since March. Not wow. a lot of cousin visits, not a lot of play time, right. you know, so they kind of came in and um, there were some adjustments mm -hmm. in um, learning how to socialize, how to share, you know, wow. but um, the parents were so, so thankful that they were there, that we were open for them, um, you know, so it was it was a great experience. Oh, good. Well, I mean. So I had a baby in October and one of the first things the nurse said to me was your baby's going to see everyone with a mask on and they learn so much from your face. And so we tried to be really intentional on yeah. taking our mask off in front of him so that he could actually learn what, I don't know, expressions are and stuff like that. And that was one of the things I was thankful for is the kids didn't wear masks and we oh, were good. in a shield. Oh, good. So they could see our facial expressions. That's so important. Yeah, that was really important to me. Yeah. One thing that was interesting in the pandemic, middle of the pandemic, right? We're at the food bank and I have my new baby. People come up to him and just pull the mask down to smile at him. And I was like, what a gift that my son was to these people right. who weren't socializing yeah. and were hiding behind this mask. I mean, it was a good reason that we had yeah. the mask, but still yeah. we lose some of that Definitely. Um, connection. And so Definitely. I was really grateful that I did have that baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into today. We're in Isaiah 12, 13, and 14. Yes. The tw Isaiah 12 is fine. Isaiah 12 we is fun. We could just stop there. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, Isaiah 12 uh, is all about the song of praise. It's a great way to start your day, you were saying. I was going to say, even if you just read through this, it's only six verses. Um, yeah. The first verse just really, really stuck out to me. It's, um, I will praise you, O Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Mm. So it just meant like, even when I don't feel like I'm good enough, mm -hmm. even when I've messed up, if I've been short with somebody, just not living the life I think I should be living. Yeah. 
God still loves me. Uh, I still praise God, you know? And so this, I just love this. It's a short little one. I think yeah. I'm going to put it on my phone, you know, as a, yeah. just kind as of, a reminder. yeah, just a reminder. So, well, to me, I almost feel like that's like my son is kind of the same way. Yeah. Even when I'm mad at him, he's like, but do you still love me? And that's the same sort of thing. And I think right. it's great that, um, I think we also forget to go to God, like we would go to our parents. Right. And so, yeah, yeah that's a great verse to do that. I love that. Yeah, really like that. Um, um, in chapter 13, it starts this prophecy in the next 10 chapters. So yeah. So for the next 10 chapters, Woo-hoo! Isaiah prophesizes, prophecies, right. We're going to do it all. We're going to mix it up. Who knows what that is? All day. What that word is. But, um, but yeah, for 10 chapters, he goes on and prophesizes about regarding the um, nations mm-hmm. around Judah and Israel that have been their enemies. Wow. And it's kind of dark. It is. It was a little morbid. Yeah. Um, there were some moments that I'm like, really? This yeah. is going to happen? Or maybe it has happened. I mean, that's the right. thing. Right. You were saying it's really difficult doing the um, one-year Bible as a Enneagram one because you like things in chronological order. I'm very linear. Yeah. So, you know, we start off in Kings and it's like, okay, great. We've read through it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got good King, bad King. Then we start with Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, we're back with David again, mm-hmm. you know? So we read all that. And then once we get to the prophets... We talk about it all again. So in my chronological Bible, right. we do kings, we do all of David and all his prophecies. Then we go on to Solomon and all his prophecies, you know, and just down the line. Right. And so for me, that really helped me okay. keep it together. Whereas someone like me, who's probably more ADD, I'm like, I could take it all. It's fine. <laughs> no. I want everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the things that I don't really understand Babylon or the Tower, but I know how they all kind of intertwine a little bit. But this kind of forced me to go to Google and be like, what is the history of Babylon? And we figured out some interesting things about it. What did you have? Um, So Babylon was founded in 2300 um, BC. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the same time of the Tower of Babel back in Genesis, where they were just off the ark. They all spoke the same language Mm -hmm. and they decided they were going to build a tower to the heavens. Mm -hmm. Well, God didn't like that. They were a little too prideful. Sure. something. Something. So he changed up their language and scattered the people. Okay. And that's, I guess, where we all come from speaking different languages today. Right. That's cool. Yeah. And also um, located in present day Iraq, 50 miles south of Baghdad. Which is just crazy to me. And that um, Saddam Hussein was actually trying to rebuild Babylon right before he was. Yeah. So, um, but it does say in um, chapter 13, verse 20, she will never be inhabited or lived through in through all generations and hmm. at this point when my study bible was written she was still lying in ruins but it sounds like Saddam Hussein tried to revive it but was not successful yeah and then I guess I was just reading that the troops came in um in 2003 after 9-11 and kind of made their home base right where Saddam Hussein was actually rebuilding Babylon which was the headquarters of King Nebuchadnezzar right is that I mean this is what Google says who knows but anyways it's just very interesting yeah. But then it's all this prophesying or prophesying. I mean, yeah. like, what is whatever the word is? Um, but you're saying in chapter 14, some of these prophecies have been fulfilled. And yes. that's where your chronological Bible makes a right. lot of sense. Right. So in even back in 13 and 14, we're kind of jumping around a little bit. Um, you know, you, you wonder, you read this, it's like, 
this really happen? Is this mm-hmm. really the Bible? You mm-hmm. know, was Mary really a virgin? You know, sure. all these things. There's they're, 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 these are miracles, so mm-hmm. they're kind of hard to for our concrete mind to understand. But just like we read yesterday in um, chapter eleven, that was all prophesizing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus stood in the temple steps and quoted Isaiah and said, "That's me." Right. So we have that prophecy, and we have um, this prophecy, Isaiah's career as a prophet ended in 685 BC, a mm-hmm. hundred years before Judah fell to the Babylon empire. So in chapter 13, Isaiah is prophesizing about the fall of Babylon empire. Uh-huh. And it was a hundred years, 150 years before they fell again to um, Cyrus, the great, the King of Persia. Wow. So it's like, okay. But reading through like this, it didn't dawn on me until I grabbed my study Bible and really mm-hmm. got into the notes and a commentary and figured out all the dates and stuff. Right. So. And so, and that's what you were saying is the reason we have this prophecy is because that it gives like meat to the Bible. Yeah. It means that it's, it's, it's legit. Yeah. It's the word of God. So. Um, if we were to ask Wendy how the Bible should be displayed, what would it be? <laughs> Isaiah would come before. <laughs> he come right along. First Kings and everything. Right? Actually, I'm I'm trying to think. He was no, he was prophesizing. I think more with Hezekiah. No, no. I'm not sure it was with David. I, I I was looking at that, but I think That's it was during Hezekiah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just we'll One have a kings. new a yeah. new version. It's the Wendy version, <laughs> and it'll be chronological. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be great. Um. We can be done with Isaiah, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay, we great. can just skip that. Second Corinthians yes. 13. Um, this is the last chapter in his second note to the Corinthian church. They're fed up. They're examining themselves and challenging people to co- become more mature in their faith. Yeah, so this is Paul's third visit to the um, the island. I think it's island, Corinth, maybe not. The city of um, Corinth. Okay. You know, so he's like, hey, it's time. You know, I've been here three times. If you're not going to repent... Yeah. You know, the times now you've got to grow up. It's like you're not a baby Christian anymore. Yeah. You know, you've had some time. Interesting. Yeah. I think the pandemic kind of did that. Yeah. In a way we had some, the culture of the church has totally shifted. Those were that were kind of lukewarm quickly went away. Like they didn't stick around. It was easy for them to be like, oh, we have to stay home or we can't participate anymore. And then those that were like the baby Christians that were ready to take that next step are all in. Yeah. Even more so. And so it's interesting how that happened in this pandemic. Um, How would you, what wisdom would you give of becoming more mature in my faith? You know, um, we had talked about this, obviously reading your Bible, being in the word, um, praying. But one of the things we talked about was being around other believers, Mm. you know, people who know you, know your secrets, um, can keep, hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, the um, proverb says iron sharpen iron, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think we need to, of course we need to be in the world, Mm -hmm. um, to, for our ministry and our missions, Mm -hmm. but we definitely need to be amongst other strong believers who can hold us accountable. I love that. That's why I invited you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Okay. So his final greeting, this was kind of really cool. I loved this final greeting. Mm -hmm. So so he's done with the church of Corinth with this last letter here. And he says, um, be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. And then you will have the love of God and peace be with you. Mm, I love that. So it was just like growing in your faith, I think you know, be joyful, all, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things are just a great reminder. Well, and that joy kind of goes into Psalms 57. David is hiding in a cave from Saul. 
And in the midst of his fear and anxiety, he's confident that God is going to show up, provide for him and take care of him. And it says in verse seven, it says, my heart is confident in you. Oh God, my heart is confident. And we were talking about how David was confident in his prayers. He was confident that God was going to provide and take care of him. And this was after being on the run and hiding in caves and, Mm -hmm. you know, borrowing food from different people, you know, but he was still confident God was going to fulfill that promise that Mm -hmm. he would be king. Yeah. And then he, um, and then he was grateful for it. Yeah. He praised him. Yeah. It it ends up, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of your song among the peoples. Mm -hmm. And that song, Casting Crowns, Praise You in the Storm. Yeah. That's like, just, that just covers all of that. Yeah. And it's so great. And that's and it. Even when we're going, when we're doubting, when mm-hmm. we're going through a hard time, you know, that's still time to praise God. Right. It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that's, and to have that confidence and then to praise him. Yeah. That's, that's just hard, it but is. it's really important. Yeah. Uh, we end it in Proverbs 23. We do. It's a kind of just a, we can sum it up in like a sentence. Yeah. What can, what is that about? Um, don't take what's not yours. Okay. You know? Don't take advantage of people weaker than you. There we go. There we are. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's an easy way to sum it all up. Yeah. Um, another thing you had said is actions show Christ more than words do. Yeah. It, it talks about don't waste your words on fools mm-hmm. and, and not that people are fools, but if you're talking to someone who's maybe hostile against Christianity, mm-hmm. trying to preach at them just doesn't do a whole lot. Right. You know, we came to church because we lived in a neighborhood that was full of Christians mm-hmm. and they were normal people. Right. You know, it's like, oh, but they were joyful. Yeah. And they had something that we wanted. Oh, interesting. You know, and so that kind of when they invited us to church, mm-hmm. it took more than once for us to start going regularly, sure. like sure. maybe a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we started in 1999 okay. um, going regularly or actually, no, we, they invited us the first time in 99. We started going regularly in 2002. Wow. Yeah. Three years almost. Yeah. And so, but it was their actions. It was our actions. It was their actions. Yeah. They never preached at us. They never told us what we were doing wrong. Oh, that's great. You know. I love that. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for joining me. Anytime. This was really fun. <laughs> and um, if you are in the Woodville area, come check us out. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, enroll your kids at Kids of the Creek. And yes. Come see Miss Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.